0: How's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. Today I'm we'll be talking about will the Sabres be able to continue their hot start to the season. We'll be talking about who has been the most impressive Sabre so far to date. We'll be talking about the Bills playoff chances and a Bills Redskins preview. So we're starting talking about the Sabres and we're talking about first is if we think that their hot streak can continue for long period of time where it's sustainable Um, I think it's appropriate to start with this topic after last night's loss to the Capitals in which they were just absolutely blown out six to one Um, they were outplayed pretty much from the opening whistle there was about a five six minute stretch there in the first period where the Sabres didn't even look like an NHL team they were getting spun all around the ice no defensive communication A lot of people in wrong spots. It was just ugly to watch. Um, A lot of people question whether or not the Sabres will be able to continue their hot start just based on the fact of the 10-game win streak last year Um, and then just with the new coaching staff and whatnot. It's pretty hard to determine whether or not this team is for real or not and if they're going to make the playoffs. I do think a lot of people overreact to one game A lot of people, I feel, because of the 10-game win streak last year, have such irrational feelings about one loss. I know they got blown out yesterday, but one loss doesn't define a season. They're going to go through some rough patches throughout the year. It's just how they're going to respond. They have a good opportunity tonight at home against the Islanders to do that. We'll see how they do tonight. I think this six-game stretch, though, can really define the season for the Sabres, They have the Islanders tonight, two games in Sweden against Tampa. The Hurricanes, Senators, and Blackhawks. Tampa is obviously a very good team even though they haven't had the hottest start this year. Islanders and Hurricanes are both playoff teams. Senators are young and they aren't that great, but you can't overlook a rival and divisional opponent. Then the Blackhawks have a lot of talent, but they're also off to a mediocre start as well. I think it's very important for Buffalo to try to get four out of six wins. Um, I feel if they are able to do that, it's going to show that the team can rebound from tough losses. They've done a good job so far this year when they have lost of bouncing back. This loss to the Capitals is the first time the Sabres have lost back-to-back games this year so far. And Even in the previous loss before that, they did manage to get one point in that shootout loss. I just think that if the Sabres can win four out of six games throughout the rest of the season and series, and there is going to be some stretches where maybe they only win one or two or three games out of a six-game set. But I think if the Sabres just take it six to seven games at a time, breaking the season down into chunks, I think Kruger will do a nice job of getting the team ready. Um, My biggest concern with the Sabres, honestly, is their top six only because it's been a little erratic lately. Um, Eichel's been turning the puck over a lot more than he usually has um, in past years. Olafson, as good as he is on the power play, he hasn't shown enough at 5-on-5. Five five. And although Marcus Johansson and Jeff Skinner have been playing well together, uh, Saboka can only last on the top six so long against other great NHL teams like the Capitals and Islanders. I think it's only a matter of time before Tage Thompson gets called up, but I believe at some point Botterell has to make a move, and it's going to be through the defensive core once Pilot, Bogosian, Scandela are all healthy. I think once Scandela is healthy, I believe him or Ristolainen will be moved in an effort to bring in another top six forward to really bolster the lineup. The Sabres have definitely played better hockey than in their past few games but I think overall the Sabres are trending in the right direction I think Kruger's philosophy and communication has been good I think their defense has been better it still has a lot of work um, to do but overall I think the Sabres have done a really nice job of getting a lot of points on the power play taking advantage of being a man down I think their penalty kill has been pretty decent so far despite the past few games of allowing some power play goals. And I think the forwards have done a nice job of being a little more accountable on the defensive end than in previous years. But I think the Sabres' um, hot streak only is going to continue based on if Hutton and Allmark can continue to play well, if Dahlien can get back to his form of last year. He's really been struggling lately. He is super young. He's very talented. I think it's just a matter of time before he fully picks up Kruger's system and he gets back to being himself again he's just going through a rough patch right now however I truly think that what will define the Sabres season is if Botterill can go out and add that top six or even a bottom six four just to add some more scoring and be able to have more depth than guys like Saboka and Larson Gurgenson's. And I think Gergensen's Larson-Oposo line has been really good this year, but at some point that line has to score goals. I know they've generated a lot of offensive opportunity, but I really think unless Botter will add someone that this team could end up struggling down the stretch. I do believe in the Sabres, and I think Kruger's doing a really nice job I think the Sabres should be easily contending for a 6-8 to eight spot. And after this hot start, and you can even go back to last year if you want to reference that 10-game win streak, it shows that this team does have the pieces to be a contender for a playoff spot in the NHL and this year. So I think they're going to be able to do it. Um, it's just going to be a matter of time. I think this 6-game stretch coming up is really going to show a lot about the Sabres, though. They're facing four really good teams and a couple subpar teams. So will be some good competition in that and then also an opportunity against some of these weaker teams like the Senators and Blackhawks to really just try to assert yourself and prove you can beat um, some of these lower teams in the NHL. Um, so continuing on Sabre's topic, I'm um, going to talk about who I feel has been the most impressive Sabre so far this year. Last week's podcast, I gave a hint that it's not been Jack Eichel. Obviously, Eichel is spectacular. I believe he's currently ninth in the NHL in points. He's having another great season so far, but my most impressive Sabre so far to me has been Marcus Johansson. Four goals, five assists for nine points, and a plus-three rating. I think his addition so far has been one of Bottero's best moves as a GM. I know it's only a two-year contract, but just his playmaking ability and what he's done so far in a short amount of time and his impact on that team I think has been huge. Um, His chemistry with Jeff Skinner is something that I don't think a lot of people have um, put out there enough that those two together have been really good. Uh, They feed off one another, not as much as what Eichel and Skinner did last year, but um, a very good second version of that. They've done a really nice job, especially you saw in that first game at home against the Devils, that cross-ice pass to Skinner who ripped the goal. Um, Just Johansson's ability to read plays and find the open man is something that really impressed me so far this year and then just his leadership and locker room presence I think is something that the Sabres really needed bringing in a guy who's been to the Stanley Cup before and has been a part of winning organization um, really helps out a guy like Eichel and just the team in general of giving that winning feeling as well as just getting some feedback being in other locker rooms that have had success and I think it says a lot that in his first year with the team that he was already assigned Um, Assistant captain. I just think he's been really good this year. Um, I think the plus three rating really says something, especially playing on a line with Saboka and Skinner. Skinner's obviously an elite goal scorer, but the fact that Saboka's been able to be okay on that line and that line has been able to produce um, is really telling to me. And his ability to play wing and center, I think, is something that we take for granted because I do feel that next year when guys like Tage Thompson and Dylan cousins are ready to be full-time NHLers um, cousins is obviously a center. I think that would allow Johansson to go back to wing, which I still think he's a better winger than center. And that says a lot because he's done a really great job this year at center so far. And I think that'll even add more depth to our lineup or even if Botterill can go out and add another center. I think it'll add more, um, entry to the lineup as well but I think another thing that Marks Johansson brought to this team this year is allowed Casey Middlestat to develop because it was pretty obvious that Middlestat wasn't ready to go into that second line center role and they pretty much had to play Johansson there because he has played there before and they weren't going to put Middlestat in that situation to log those kind of minutes after he had a pretty up and down year last year but I think Casey Middlestat's another one who's had a fantastic year so far. Um, He's really improved off of last year. He's got seven points and a plus five rating. I think Connor Sheary's done a really good job on that line as well. But I think Johansson being able to play that second line center position has really allowed Middlestat to flourish in that third line center role. And I think that'll continue going forward. I just think Johansson's done a really good job this year. I think he's going to be in the upward of 50 to 60 points and I think he's really good on that second power play unit. He does get mixed in there um, on the first power play unit, and I think it's important to have him just because, as Kruger's done and people have seen in the first few games and weeks of the season, is down the stretch of games that are close and they're winning, he uses a little bit more exotic lineups and plays players um, differently. We've seen Jimmy VC play with Eichel and Reinhardt down the stretch instead of Olsen. Just because of veteran purposes and a little bit better defensively, VC is than Olofsson. And Johansson's moved to the first power play down the stretch of games, been killing penalties. Did a nice job of killing penalties for when VC's been out this past week or so. Um, Because VC's usually the second line penalty kill, guys. So Johansson stepped right in and did that. So I think Johansson, to me, has been the most impressive Saber thus far. Um, Obviously, guys like Eichel, Daleen, Skinner, Reinhardt. Even Olofsson have all had good years so far. But uh, to me, Mark Johansson won is the one that stands out. So now transferring over to some football talk, we're talking about the Bills Redskins. So Bills coming off a very disappointing loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at home. Um, I think a lot of fans are concerned with the offense and the play calling just because it's the second time now that we faced a pretty good team, a team that was in the Super Bowl a few short years ago and won it. And the offense was very stagnant and couldn't get anything going. And I know the defense was not good last week either. But there comes a certain point in time when you can't rely on your defense to hold teams to 10 points every single game. Um, if you're relying on that every single game, you're not going to win a lot of um, games in this league, especially just how heavy pass offenses are now in today's modern game. So the Bills are hosting the Redskins tomorrow. They're 1 and 7 on the season. And that one win was against the Miami Dolphins, in which the Dolphins actually had a chance to tie the game and potentially go to overtime, but they elected to go for two and did not get it. Um, The Redskins haven't scored over 21 points since week one against the Eagles. So that really says something that their offense is struggling. Rookie Dwayne Haskins is going to be starting against the Bills this week. Um, Just some keys to the game, or in my opinion, uh, we should blow the Redskins out. Um, If we don't, I'm going to be very concerned just because everyone had the expectation that the Bills were going to go in and stomp the Dolphins, and it just didn't happen. Um, The offense looked okay at times, but the Micah Hyde touchdown really um, made that game more of a, I wouldn't even say a blowout, a bigger win than it was. The offense didn't even get that many touchdowns. And personally, um, I think if Tredavious White doesn't make that interception if it's Mattrick at the goal line that the Bills lose that game. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I wouldn't have anyone tell me otherwise. If they end up scoring on that drive, I think Allen has to force the ball downfield a little more and I think that's not his best suit this year so far. He's been really struggling with the deep ball and when he's had to force things downfield and try to make plays, um, he's really been forcing balls and turning the ball over more than we need him to. I would expect the Redskins to run Adrian Peterson into the ground um, just because of how much the Bills got gashed last week on the ground by whoever Eagle running back you want to pick, Miles Sanders, um, Jordan Howard, whoever. Even Carson Wentz picked up a few crucial third down runs at the end of that game to really seal the deal for them. Um, I would blitz Dwayne Haskins all game. I would make him make the proper reads and get the ball to his receivers, which they don't really have. I know um, that rookie Terry McLaurin's had a good year so far, but I think Trey should be able to lock him up. I know Levi Wallace is questionable, but I think he'll play. Um, I thought Milano looked good last week in his return as well, but I would just blitz Haskins all game and see if he can make those throws. Um, He struggled in his brief appearances when he has come into games because of injuries to Keenum and whatnot the same with Colt McCoy and I think my biggest thing with the Bills honestly is stop being cute with Devin Singletary I don't get this one to three carries in the first half you drafted him and got rid of McCoy for a reason he's shown you what he can do he shows flashes of brilliance that touchdown last week that little screen pass or swing pass whatever you want to call it was amazing. It almost didn't happen because McDermott ended up throwing a challenge flag, but they didn't see it, or it was after the snap, either or. But I'm just tired of letting him sit on the sideline most of the first half and not being involved. Don't get me wrong, Frank Gore is having a great year. I love Frank Gore. I would keep pounding the rock with him too. Goal line situation. Frank Gore's your guy. End of the game. Need to pick up yards and hold onto the ball. Have ball security. Gore's the guy. But let's stop being cute with Devin Singletary. Get the man the ball. He needs to be having 20 to 25 touches a game. He's young. His body can handle it. If you want to beat some of these good teams down the stretch, Devin Singletary is going to have to be a huge part of your offense just because he's a better receiving back than Frank Gore as well. And we didn't go out and add another free agent or trade for another wide receiver at the deadline. We passed on Josh Gordon on the waiver wire. And Beasley and Brown have both been good, but the Bills still don't have that third wide receiver. Robert Foster has been active most weeks. They took a few shots to him last week and nothing happened. Zay Jones is gone. I like Isaiah McKenzie a lot. I feel like he should be getting some more looks as well, but he's more of a jet sweep, short yardage type guy. And the Bills don't really have another receiver. I know Duke Williams has um, come on strong and made some great catches each week he's played, but he's still not a true number three devin singletary is going to be that guy and allen needs to have that check down running back i think sometimes we get lost up in this high paced power offense and we want to see flashy things when sometimes it's okay to just take the check down to your running back or tight end and pick up large chunks of yards because they can make people miss in the open field and i think singletary can do that um it'll be interesting how dable um adjusts after last week i think his seat starting to get a little warm. You're not going to win in this league if you continuously put up only 10 to 20 po- or 15 points on offense. Excuse me. I'd expect the Bills to at least put up three touchdowns against this Redskins defense. And if they don't, I'm going to be very concerned. Um, I'd like to see another turnover-free game from Allen. I think it's important that he continues to show that he's can run and slide, throw the ball away, protect himself, and not turn the ball over in crucial. Um, Times during the game when he fumbled against the Eagles, that was pretty much the turning point in the game. It was game over. The Bills had a chance to go into the half with a lead, and he decides to fumble. However, I do blame Brian Dable a little bit, little bit for that too. Excuse me, just because I didn't understand why you kept running Josh Allen on quarterback design draws. I know it works a few times. It worked against the Giants and Jets for touchdowns, and I don't mind doing that around the goal line, but. At your own 30, 40-yard line, when you have Singletary and Gore, I just didn't understand that. And I think this is a big week for the defense as well, just to prove whether they're legit or if they're actually overrated. Um, The Bills' defense was easily considered top three in the league, I think, by almost everyone, all the way through the Dolphins game. And then the past two weeks against the Dolphins and Eagles, they've looked like a shell of themselves. They've been very sloppy Lot of penalties. Um, They kind of look half asleep, to be honest. They didn't come out at halftime well either game. Um, And I really expect them to put the clamps down on Dwayne Haskins. And this is a game where you should dominate on both sides of the ball and prove that you are good defense and that you're not overrated. It was just a few bad games. Make the adjustments like McDermott and Frazier have been stressing they've been doing. And let's just see what happens. So um, my score prediction is going to be Bills 30, Redskins 13. Hopefully I'm right. Hopefully the offense really gets going this week. Only time will tell. And that's going to lead into me talking about the Bills' playoff chances. So currently USA Today has them at a 57.5% chance of making the playoffs. Personally, I think that's a little low. I think they should be up more towards 75, and it's solely based on their schedule, they're 5-2 and two right now. They have the Redskins, Dolphins, Jets, Steelers, and Broncos all remaining on their schedule. Um, you should easily beat the Dolphins and the Redskins. Jets is a little bit of a tougher game just because we always have weird games against them. And with Sam Darnold back now fully healthy, um, it'll definitely be a tougher game, although it is going to be at home Week 17. Could be some playoff implications on the line like it was when the Jets had Fitzpatrick and we kept them out of the playoffs. Type game. I know we beat Darnold week one, but everyone says he had mono during that game too, so it be a big opportunity for the Bills to prove that they are better than the Jets. Steelers haven't looked great at all with Mason Rudolph, and now that Joe Flacco's out for the Broncos, they're pretty much starting a no-name guy, so, and that's a home game as well, so there's no reason you can't win that. Um, the Bills are currently sitting at a five seed in the playoff race, um, they're pretty much going to have to be a wildcard team just because we're already so far behind New England that there's really no chance for us to win the division unless we put a bunch of wins together and then beat them later in the season. Honestly, at this point, you should just hope that New England goes undefeated or loses very few games just to eliminate more competition in the AFC. Um, if you look at the teams in the AFC, it's a lot weaker than the AFC. I think the Dolphins, Bengals, Jets, Broncos... Are all pretty much just eliminated from the playoffs right now their records are just so bad that it would take a miracle for all those teams to come back. the Browns Chargers Raiders and Steelers are two or three games back of the bills respectively but I don't see any of those teams really getting it together besides maybe the Chargers because I do have faith in Anthony Lynn they still have Philip Rivers so it's always hard to tell with them and I think they've kind of gotten unlucky a little bit and whole Melvin Gordon thing. I think put the team back a little bit. And then the Jags, Titans, Texans, and Colts, that division's honestly gonna help the Bills a lot in my opinion, just because the Colts are currently sitting as the division leaders. The Texans are a game back. The Bills, Titans and Jags are both four and four. But I think all of them playing each other and slugging it out for the division, they're all gonna end up with probably a five hundred record, seven and nine, eight and eight. Um, probably one team will be 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. So I think that's only going to help the Bills' playoff chances. Um, with those games I mentioned before, the Redskins, Dolphins, Jets, Steelers, and Broncos, if you win all five of those games, you're already sitting at 10 wins. And then you have the Patriots, the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Browns. If you can just win one or two of those games, you're going to be sitting really nice, more than likely with 11-5, 12-4 record. I think 10-6 and six or 11-5. and five, is the record I'm going to go with, with the for the Bills just because I do think that they will have one of those games where they do slip up. I just, we just haven't seen anything different in previous years to believe that this is finally a year that they can go in and beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Um, right now, they haven't proven that they can beat a really good team. Um, I know the Jets week one was a good win just because they were down 16 nothing, but... All we other than that was the Giants. Titans on the road was a little bit of a tougher game. But um, other than that, I think the Bills have a really good shot at making the playoffs. It really stinks that we won't be able to get a home playoff game if we do make it. But you never know. Maybe the Bills will put a big run together here. And New England will maybe fall off a little bit. But that's highly doubtful. But, yeah, I think the Bills got a really good shot at making the playoffs this year. Um, hopefully they'll have a really good game tomorrow. And we will see. Um, so next week we're we'll going to be talking about which team in the NFL has been the most surprising so far. We're talking about the World Series fallout. Pretty upset that my prediction didn't come true. I did predict the teams right though. Um, we're talking about the NBA, just some thoughts on the season so far, and then we're talking about Steph Curry's injury and how it really affects the Warriors and their dynasty. Um, my weekly pick'em last week I picked the Steelers over the Dolphins, which was correct. So I'm now to six and one. And this week I'm going to be picking the Seahawks over the Buccaneers at home. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Everyone, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate all the support, and I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And I hope you all tune in next week. Go Bills!